Uh, welcome to Mule Tip Tuesday. It's uh, Tuesday, September 15th, 2020, and uh, I'm coming to you from Nebraska right now. Um, we've been driving all day. We are headed east. We're headed to Iowa. We just finished up a clinic in Oregon last week, went home for a couple days, um, just enough time to reload the trailer and, and do laundry and check on the animals at home, and then, uh, yeah, so we're traveling right now and been driving since four this morning. And uh, anyways, I still got enough in me to do Mule Tip Tuesday, hang out with you guys for a half hour today. So I appreciate you guys jumping on here, those of you that are watching live and those of you that are going to be listening later on the podcast. Thank you for being here today. But uh, Sky is hanging out outside the trailer with the girls. Uh, quick shout out to uh, this uh, horse motel. Fred, uh, oh shoot, I forget what it's called. Frederick's. Frederick Ranch here in Donovan, Nebraska. We appreciate them and um, letting us stay. These guys are awesome. So if you guys are ever passing through, stop by the Frederick Ranch. They're awesome. So anyways, yeah, we're headed to Iowa. And then we go to New York and Maine and Virginia. And then end up in Texas. And then all the way back home to uh, finish up the year with our uh, our awesome extreme trail clinic there in utah so we got quite the fall ahead of us looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys out there so um those of you that are on here watching live right now uh, if you guys have questions for me today um just feel free to post them in the comments right now um that way when it we get to that segment of the show we can uh, it'll be right there for me so go ahead and post your questions but anyways um I want to thank our sponsors today. Uh, big thanks to Mules and More Magazine. Thank you so much for supporting this uh, Mule Tip Tuesday and this podcast, our Everyday Mulemanship podcast. Uh, Mules and More, shoot, I've been reading their magazine for, shoot, most, most of my life. They are awesome, and we're very grateful for Corey Daniels there at Mules and More. They're great. So also, uh, thank you to My Pet Sunblock. Um, if you guys, those of you guys that have white mules, this, uh, the pink skin, or you got pets with pink skin, they get sunburned. I know we're finishing up the summer, but, uh, anyways, my pet sunblock, look them up. And also a big thank you to the watering post, um, Larry Barnett. Uh, we appreciate, uh, you making this, uh, meal tip Tuesday possible. And if you guys are interested in the watering post, Sky, um, she posted a video um, on our on our page today uh, with our mules using that watering post. It's it's awesome. I'm super impressed. I think um, I'm gonna put these watering posts in in all of my paddocks and my pastures and stuff um, because they are awesome. So, anyway, so thank you, those sponsors. If you guys could tell them thank you, and if any of you guys use them, let us know about it. So, um, let's get to the tip of the day. Um, this is this is something I get asked at all my clinics. Um, a lot of you guys want to know about using voice commands, and I don't talk about it in my clinics much unless somebody asks me about it. And the reason I don't talk about it a whole lot is is, is I've kind of tried to wean myself off of using voice commands. But I'm going to kind of talk uh, about this a little bit. Um, now, first off, a disclaimer: I have no problem with voice commands. In fact, I think they're awesome. I'm always impressed with those of you guys that can get your mules and your horses and your donkeys 
just spot on with voice commands. And I've had, I've been blessed to have a few mules um, that were broke really good off of voice commands. And I'm really impressed with them. You know, I got a lot of friends and a lot of you guys on here that uh, you guys drive your mules. And I think voice commands are really important if you're going to drive. Um, so anyways, that's the first thing I'm going to say about it. And I'll kind of tell you why I've tried to wean myself off of voice commands. Um, just It's just my own personal thing I'm working through right now. But I kind of stopped using voice commands, um, or I've been trying to, uh, probably the last four or five years. Um, any of you guys watching live right now, do you guys remember my mule that I had named Bud? If you guys remember Bud, give me a thumbs up. Anyways, I hauled Bud for quite a few years going down the road with us, but Bud was... Uh, my personal mule um, uh, for a long time and fantastic mule. I mean, he was just, he, him and I were were two peas in a pod. Um, anyways, I had Bud going at one point in his life really good to voice commands. I could say, whoa, and that mule would stop. And I could make a little, you know, a little kissing noise and he would go. Um, some of you remember Bud. I see some thumbs up coming right now, but... Anyways, he was he was pretty tuned in, at least what he wanted to be, right? But um, I remember there's two instances where I was a little annoyed with voice commands, and it kind of got me to thinking a little bit. I remember one time I was helping a participant in a clinic with transitions, and and uh, you know I was kind of riding alongside with them, and they were kind of shifting up, shifting down, you know, going a little faster, going a little slower on their mules. And <clears throat> anyways, I said, okay, go ahead and ask the mule to stop. And I had no intention of stopping Bud. I was just going to keep on riding to the next participant. Anyways, when that participant said, Whoa, old Bud, he, he slammed on his brakes pretty good. And I thought, oh, That's kind of, you know, I mean, he knows the word. But it was a little annoying because, you know, Bud wasn't really with me. And I had no intention of stopping. So that was the first instance. And then... It wasn't long after that where I was just sitting in the middle of the arena, which most of you guys know that's kind of my spot, right? A lot of you guys have seen me sit in the middle of the arena on my mule. Um, anyways, so I'm sitting there, and everybody else is working on transitions again. And you guys, those of you that have been in my clinics, you know, people are working on on the transitions. Um, you know, people are riding around. They're going, you know, they're making noises, and it's you know, it's always interesting just sitting back and listening to everybody make their noises, you know, but, um, but as they're sitting there going kissing and that's what I had Bud broke to go, he was kind of going, Whoop. he just kind of kept grabbing himself like, like getting ready to go. Um, like he wasn't, he wasn't with me. He was just hearing the kissing noise and wanting to trot or, you know, even break into a lope and just kept on going like that. And I was a little annoying. So somebody would come by and then make a little kiss noise and he wanted to go. I was like, gosh, Anyways, I got to thinking about it, and it kind of bothered me because old Bud, like I said, he was great with the voice commands, but I realized that he wasn't listening to my intention or like my seat. You know, you guys that come to clinics and that, you know, follow us along, you know, we talk about, you know, the order of operations, you know, seat, leg, rein. And with this mule, um, I thought, I wonder if I could just get him to go by just kind of you know, using the life of my body. And I'd ask him to go like that with no voice command and he wouldn't go. I thought, 
Ooh, this is interesting. Here I am in these clinics. You know, I'm teaching you guys, you know, this order of operation seat, leg, rein. And, and, and here I'm riding this mule that, you know, he'll only kind of move if I make a noise. And then I thought about, what about my stops? So I'd ride him around a little bit, and I'd just sit down and stop, just like I teach you guys. And he'd just keep on going. I thought, oh my gosh, he's <laughs> he's not with me at all. What am I, what am I missing here? You know, and so I decided to shut up. Right? I said, you know what, I'm gonna focus on being intentional about asking the mule to go, about asking the mule to stop. I'm I'm gonna focus on using my seat and using the life of my body to get this mule to either go or stop or slow down or whatever, and and not use so much voice commands and I did and I've been working at that ever since so every once in a while you know I'll I guess I'll let out you know a little kiss noise try to get him to go a little bit you know and you'll hear me say whoa once in a while and with my children you guys all know most of you guys all know Ellie and Swayze you know I have them use voice commands I, I say okay you say whoa and then basically the the word is like for those girls it's like a trigger word you know they'll hear the word and then they make, you know, we, we develop this muscle memory. So say, whoa, sit down, put put a little weight down to your stirrups. And if you need to, you can pick up on your rein a little bit. So it's like a trigger word for the kids, you know. And, and that, that works great for all of you guys. You know, those trigger words are important. You say enough, you say something enough, and you, you make your body do something, it will come back to you, and it'll be quicker. So good trigger word. Um, but anyways, I stopped using voice commands and I've been just focusing on those order of operations and being intentional and using life my body seat leg rain every time anyways um but like I said I have nothing wrong I think voice commands are really cool I mean I'm impressed by them I'm not telling any of you not to use them I'm not telling you guys they're bad or they're or, or anything I'm saying pay attention to your intention okay pay attention to the life in your body and every once in a while, check in on your mule. Are they are they with you, or do you have to say whoa to get them to stop? Do you have to, you know? Um, and the other thing is, uh, I, was, I was pondering about this today as I was driving. Is you guys have you ever realized or thought about that your voice is also pressure? You know, we talk about pressure and release. You know, we talk about developing a feel. But have you guys ever thought about it that your voice is pressure? How many times have you guys seen somebody get in a bind and they're yelling, whoa, whoa, you know, and they're and they're really vocal about getting their mule to stop or slow down. What do you guys see the mule do? Think about it. Or, or do you see that horse do? Often, in my experience, they get scared. It's, it scares the animals. So, you know, their their hearing is so uh, so much better than ours, you know. So when we raise our voices, even if you're saying, whoa, or even if you're making that low, you know, the little, you know, to go, whatever it is you do, whatever you say, bubble gum or lollipop, it makes them go, I don't know, whatever it is that you say or do, um, their hearing is so much better than ours. So some of you, when you get in a little bind and you get to yelling, whoa, or, you know, some of you get scared and you just scream too, you know, like we, we work on with, with, you know, Ellie, I remember we were in Missouri, um, a couple years ago, Memorial, Missouri doing a clinic. And we're out there riding, and we realize that we're all covered in ticks. Ugh, I hate ticks, you know. And and Ellie finds a tick on her hand, and she just starts screaming. 
And you guys all know Tina, Ellie's mule, you know, Tina, she's really laid back. It takes a lot to get that mule riled up, you know, but anyways, I could kind of see Tina getting, you know, a little uppity, a little tight, a little tense and Ellie's screaming at the top of her lungs because she got a tick on her, right? And I'm like, you know, Sky and I both were like, Ellie, you need to calm down, stop screaming. And we had a big talk with her, you know, you can't scream when you get scared, you know, that high-pitched screaming, especially you guys... A little girl's high-pitched scream that'll pierce anybody's ears but you know those mules hear so much better than us that got the mule a little troubled so you know that's nothing to think about you guys when you so say you do use the word whoa to stop that's cool fantastic good for you you don't have to yell it at your mules because i hear a lot of people they'll you know like practice to stop they're like whoa and they're really really loud about it. I'm like you don't you don't need to do that just sit down and say whoa just use your quiet voice and be, you know, maybe that's my challenge to you guys. You know, those of you that do use your voice commands is to use your quiet voices when you're talking to these mules and these horses. Um, also, by talking quieter and saying, whoa, it'll change the feel that you are outputting with your mule. So, anyways, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on today's mule tip. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. So, Post your post your comments. Let me know what you think about that. Um, anyways, it gives you something to ponder about. Again, if you guys have questions, start posting them. I saw a few come up, and I got one from from uh, earlier that I need to get to. Um, one of the questions that we had come in was from uh, Karen Cook Hoffman. Basically, she wanted to know the importance of transitions. And a lot of you guys that have been to my clinics, you know, when we get to working. Um, on walk, trot, lope, and we get going through those, um, those different speeds. You guys have all heard me talk about the importance of the transition, the change from walk to trot, trot to walk, uh, trot to lope, lope to trot. That change, or, or remember, from your walk to a stop is a transition. From your stop to a backup is a transition. The change, all those transitions, basically, you can just replace the word transition with asking a question of your mule whenever you change from doing this to doing this it could be from backing the mule up to going into a turnaround that could be a transition but transitions karen i appreciate the question but the transitions are so important the the change of of questions is important asking those different questions often is important because if you stick with you just you know Picture going down a trail, and you guys have all been there. I've been there. But, you know, you guys ever been riding, and then all of a sudden it's been an hour, and you wonder where the heck you've been. Like, you've been riding for an hour, and you, your thoughts just kind of took you away. There was no transitions in that entire hour. And the problem with the lack of transitions, the lack of these questions, is that just as much as you guys tuned your horses, your mules out, they tuned you out too. You became kind of a, a passenger and, and not something of importance you know um we need to be constantly asking questions to stay relevant to our mules and our horses our donkeys so karen um and i I think her question was probably geared more towards working on trotting and loping like why why we work through those transitions and i and the answer to that is, is i need to have control of my animal at all speeds that they're capable of and the transitions, the changes, the changes of those speeds is often what gets you guys in trouble. 
Your mules can walk just fine. They can trot just fine. They can lope just fine. But it's often the change, you know, uh, in the clinics. I often see the trouble from, you know, somebody going from a trot to the lope and not doing that transition well. That's often where y'all get in trouble. And so, how do you work through that? Well, you gotta you gotta do more of it. You know, it's just something you gotta work through, and you get them ready. You know, so big part of getting them ready. Say you want to lope. I'm gonna get them ready to lope. So I'm gonna bring that mule, that horse, up to a high, the long trot. You know, your extended trot. I'm just gonna push a little bit more to ask for just a little faster trot, a little faster, a little faster trot. As trot as fast as I can, and then just let that mule roll over into the lope. You know, on their own. So I'm not asking them to lope. I'm saying get ready to lope. And how you get ready to lope is by trotting as fast as possible. You know, when I'm introducing this to you know these young colts. Um, but transitions are important. They're important enough that I need to go through walk, trot, lope. Those transitions in the first five minutes of my first ride, and I need to work on walk, trot, lope. Um, hopefully, it's my goal to to work on that uh, for the first 100 rides on a colt. After that. Mm, you can get a little more lenient with it, but that's what I try. So, anyways, Karen, that was a great question. If you're on here, let me know what you think of that. Well, let's see what you guys got going here for us today. I'm gonna scroll back up here. I saw some questions earlier. Let's see if I can find them. I need Sky in here for my questions. Um, lots of good people on here. Okay, I found. Uh, okay, Lucinda. I trail rode Luna uh, Friday on a long, straight, flat trail. Cantering is so difficult and fast, and she ends up bouncing me up, catching a lot of air. You mentioned shortening my stirrups. How will this help me? And any more ideas to help canter with more control? So, uh, Lucinda, I remember at the clinic, you were reaching for your stirrups, and you guys, if you kick into that lope, and it feels like, or trot even, and you, you feel like you're reaching for your stirrups, and you can't, you can't get... You can't get a good platform basically to balance on. You know, often they're they're too long. So, Lucinda, shorten up your stirrups. How that'll help you so you don't bounce so bad is that you take you basically use your joints, your 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 ankle, um, all up to your knee. You use that as suspension so your butt isn't just slapping off that saddle, just whack whack whack. You know, um, and you need that so you take that hit down through your. So it's through your ankles. So it's like an athletic stance. You need to be balanced. You know, your heels, your hips, your shoulders should be aligned, and you're and you're taking that you're taking that bounce out by basically making your legs into shock absorbers. If that makes any sense, Lucinda. Um, and then to help with your canter and get more control, do more of it. You know, like at the clinic, we, you know, we, you know, that was a four day clinic you came to, and we did a little every day. But just keep working at it. Um, and remember, you can work at your your changes from shifting up, shifting down at your walk, shifting up, shifting down at your trot, and all those. You don't have to just stick to walk, trot, lope. You have so many transitions within each speed that you can work on. All right. Um, let's see. Candace Hansen said, uh, wanting to sign up for a clinic next September, October, when you come to Indiana. Can I sign up now? Candace we are working on getting our schedule up on our website. Hopefully, well, the schedule, um, a few of the clinics are up on our website right now, so you can see the schedule of, of those clinics that have been approved. Um, 
and we were going those are the clinics that are approved and ready um, I should have those SAMPs available hopefully by the end of the weekend and we still have a few weekends open that are not full yet we're waiting on a few more applications to come in and some that you know just haven't been requested at all so if any of you guys are interested in hosting clinics in your area let us know alright let's see what else we got okay Lee uh, when the mule starts to develop ease in picking up and holding a soft fill and getting quiet in the mouth about it how much of your ride what percent of time do you start asking and holding it should this be developing into self carriage and how long on average does this take Lee that's an awesome question so yeah uh, basically how you know when to progress and hold it more hold the soft feel more or whatever um, is your punctualness okay so if you can pick up that soft feel and just release it and they're they're punctual about picking it up well then you can start carrying it well then you start carrying it for a couple of strides and you and you see how that softness is maintained for those few strides and say okay say you try to hold it for three strides you hold that soft feel for three strides and you notice kind of during that second stride it got a little heavier but they were still kind of soft well you wouldn't progress on from there you wouldn't ask for four strides until you get three strides soft and and staying there the whole time and yes this will develop into your self-care basically uh, the collection like we teach about in the clinics this will go over into that um, so it just takes time remember you know if you remember from the clinic um, this soft feel progression the soft feel progression is your longest along with riding on course on a loose rein at all speeds and transitions your soft feel progression is your big time taker uh, during the, sa the snaffle bit phase of your training however you don't get everything perfect in the snaffle bit but you get it pretty dang good and you get a good start at it but you you develop this collection and the self carriage like you're asking about all the way through the hackamore the two rein and into the bridle all the way through Good question, Lee. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, I need Sky here to scroll through all these. A lot of good friends on here today, you guys. Thanks for hanging out and watching today. Appreciate you guys being here. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, I got you guys commenting on the voice. I appreciate that. Um, what else? Oh, I'm not seeing very many of the questions. I'm having a hard time finding them. Lots of good people watching, though. Okay, Amy Klingler, good to see you on here. Amy says, in the arena, when a mule starts to act like they're going to buck a little, you say, keep going and go a little faster. What about on the trails? There are so many side hills here and just drops off. So I want to automatically pull back. What do you recommend? So, Amy, um, yeah, so, you know, your mule has your mule has to slow down to buck. And a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. But, you know, Amy, you've heard me talk about my rodeo days, right? And I talk about these, these bucking horses, the best bucking horses in the world, where none of our mules compare, you know, to these professional buckers. And, you know, all these bucking horses, like some of them will run out of the chute. And they have to stop and set up to buck. So they have to slow down to buck. Um, sometimes it's hard for the inexperienced human to see that in a horse. But apply this to you, you know, riding your mule. Um, yeah, it, 
they have to slow down. So if I can basically make a change, and out on the trail, I understand sometimes you're, you know, you've rode with me in Utah, but, you know, you know, very few places where I can't redirect that mind. But I'm not going to pull back if they're acting like that. You know, pull them back, you're going to set them up. And I'll have to, you know, when we have a little longer time, I'll have to talk about some of my rodeo stories, remind you of some of them, you know. But picking up on them, pulling back when you think they're going to buck is the last thing you want to do. That will set them up. Um, you kind of trap them and, and they'll want to buck. They'll want to buck. And so if you can just redirect that mind, and that might be, you know, um, going into serpentine. It might be rolling the hind, rolling the front. But basically, you have to appease both the mule's um, want for flight. Like, they need to move. And so pulling back, you're trapping them. That's going to set them off even more, if you understand how they think, right? But you're a human, so you're a control freak, right? All us humans are control freaks. you you, you got to admit it. We are. And you want to stop it. That's your first instinct is to stop this thing so it doesn't buck. Well, if you redirect that movement, you redirect it and you say, hey, go into a serpentine. You know, they're acting like that. You're, you're, you're helping them with their, their, their need to move, their need to go. They need to flee. So you help them. You keep them moving. You don't make them stop. But also by going into a serpentine, that's just one example, you guys. I've, I've given you lots of examples in the past, but that's just one example. But the serpentine also puts you in a position to where you have a little control and you're not so scared of the situation. You've got to stay focused, right? So, um, yeah, Amy, you may you might not be able to speed up somewhere, um, but you can always redirect. And and I think the, the part of your question asking about in the arena, you know, like a lot of times I'll see somebody trotting and their mule kind of looks like they're, you know, wanting to, wanting to do the bounce boogie and bump. I'll say, kick them up into a lope. And most folks look at me like with big old eyes like, no way, Ty, forget you, dude. Uh, that's the last thing that the human wants to do. But that mule, if you just give them a little bit more, um, you'll often avoid it. And, and you know, of staying out of these problems and avoiding them uh, with good choices is the way to go. You know, so many people say, what do I do when they buck? Well, how about you avoid it? How about you redirect that? So that's a really good question, Amy, because redirecting that is so is so critical. It's so important. All right. Let's see. I got time for maybe one more. Let's see what we got. Um. Okay, Eugenia asks how to better understand the mule's eyes and ears to know what they are saying. You know, being present and paying attention to your mule is so important. Um, they know when you're paying attention. They know when you're present and they know when you're not. They know when you're daydreaming. Um, but one way that you can prove to your mule that you are uh, present and aware and paying attention is to study their their expressions. Study their eye. Study their ears. Their mouth especially. Their mouth tells you so much. Um, the tightness, the looseness of the mouth, the, uh, the chewing, the licking, um, you know, those little, those little whiskers, you know, the way they're using their whiskers on their face. It tells you so much about that animal. And Eugenia, you know, um, I don't got enough time on this little meal tip Tuesday. Maybe I need to do a, I think I'll do a podcast episode on reading expressions. And it's something that you're a constant student of. 
you're never going to have it down. I don't feel like I know everything. No way. I feel, I feel like there's more for me to learn now than there ever has been. But some of you guys might not have a clue what your animal is thinking. But just go out there and be present and look at them. What, what is their eye doing? And when I talk about eye, it's not the eyeball. It's the eyebrow. Pay attention to that. Watch the ears. You know, those ears are like your little radar detectors. Okay, they're, they're, they're going every which way. Pay attention to them. Watch that mouth. Watch the nose. Watch the breathing. Watch the tenseness of the muscles or the lack thereof. Watch the tail swishing. And just observe, Eugenia. So, okay. Well, the neighbor's dog came into the pasture. The ears, you know, at first the mule was alert. The ears were up and paying attention. And you guys all heard him inhale real deep. And it kind of like sounds like the mule snorting. But the big inhale, they're really testing the air. They want to get a... They have an incredible sense of smell. And they can smell that dog coming in, you bet you. They can they can smell your stinky butt when you walk out of the house, you guys. So, um, anyways, but, but okay, so the dog comes in the pasture. The mule's ears are up. They're looking at it. They snort a little bit. You'll see that their muscles are tense. And then, maybe you guys see them. They pin their ears back. And now they're chasing the dog out. Well, read those expressions. Just pay attention. Be aware. And you might be off, you know. You know, I can't remember what the word is, but basically attaching human emotion to animals. I can't remember what that word is. Anyways, but don't attach your human emotions to the animal. Just observe, remember, and compare. What do they do with all those expressions when this happens? Or when this happens, what expressions do they have? You know, when a mule's real scared, what do they look like? Or what you perceive to be a scared, right? Um, when a mule's aware, what does that look like? You know, after a meal, buck somebody off. What does that look like? What are they doing? Um, before they buck somebody off, what do they look like? What are they doing? You know, what do they do before they run off? You know, um, basically, yeah, anthropomorphic, that's the word. Thank you. Um, basically, you know, pay attention. What happened before what happened happened? I've done a podcast and a Meal Tip Tuesday episode on that. You can go back and check that out. But anyways, reading those expressions is important, so... Eugenia, that's a good question. I think I'm going to do an episode on that. So, Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me the last half hour. I know you guys are all busy. I appreciate you spending your time with me on Tuesday. Every Tuesday, as long as we've got some cell reception, some internet, we'll be here 5 o'clock Mountain Time. And uh, if you guys could do me a favor, if you guys could hit the share button, if you enjoyed these, this Meal Tip Tuesday, I'd be grateful. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Um those of you that are listening later on the podcast, Everyday Mealmanship with Ty Evans, if you guys could leave me a five-star review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate that, guys. So, And be sure to thank all those sponsors that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. We sure appreciate them and uh, appreciate all you, all you guys for your support. So, We will see you next week. God bless you and have a good one.